What's going on, Jab- and welcome to another episode of Jabroni Sports. Hey. We're back with another episode this week after a brief hiatus last week. Uh, you can find us on most forms of social media at Jabroni underscore sports. My name is at AJ Firstenau. That's A-J-F-U-E-R-S-T-E-N-A-U. Joining me tonight, as always, is... I am at It's Your Boy Gonzo. You can find me wherever the hell you feel like finding me. And uh, tonight we are actually joined. Uh, one of our members, G Baby LaFleur, is uh, a little under the weather, so we are joined tonight by special guest Kyle Robinson. Hey, Kyle, everybody. take it away. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Kyle. I um, you can find me on Twitter at krob tweeted. That's K R O B T W E E T E D. Um. Yeah, I, I think I'll just plug that one. So uh, thanks for having me on, fellas. I uh, I appreciate it. Uh, my heart's pounding out my chest for some fucking reason. <laughs> so, like, this, uh, is, this is already going great. Don't, Kyle, you're doing fine. Um, <laughs> we just wanted to have you on here. I think me and AJ both uh, read what you wrote this week, and... Yeah, I was gonna say. I was like, while while we got you, if you're if you're shouting out yourself, I'd like to like to shout out your uh, your blog post that you made and your blog oh. in general. Uh, where oh, can okay. where can people find that material? Okay, well, uh, I I have a blog. It is t- titled yourfirstblackfriend.org. Um, you're an organization. <laughs> what's up? You're an organization. Uh, I I bought the domain name, so I guess so. Congratulations. Nice, <laughs> nice. owning the owning the domain. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, forty-eight dollars or something like that. I don't know, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it um, yeah, yourfirstblackfriend.org or yourfirstblackfriend.wordpress.com. Um, do I have do I have time to tell the story behind like that name? Because go ahead, guy. I We're interviewing you. Oh, you are you so, are uh, our guest. The floor is yours. Laura? All right, so um. Let's let's go back to let's go back to high school and uh, you know I went to high school with AJ uh, we were in the same class shout out to 2007 sorry Gonzo but um oh five what up <laughs> but um AJ can attest to this I was one of two and a half black people at our high school <laughs> Kyle, um, I think you have to explain a little bit oh okay so we went to um it was it was myself. It was my, it was myself. Uh, was Conrad there senior year? No, he did not graduate with us. Okay. Shout out, um, shout out, Conrad. Was, I hear he listens to the show. <laughs> uh, then it was just me, me, my brother Carrie, and Jade Reynolds were the only black people at uh, at Shoreland my uh, my senior year. And, and this, uh, uh, say, this was, was a high school, like a, four yes, grades. This is, like this is not nine, like it was only 11th and 12th. It was a private school, so I yeah, mean, it, it wasn't was. like a thousand kids graduating or anything. No, I but mean still. we were we were located in the middle of the cabbage field and all that stuff. But you know, we had AP classes and and all that stuff, whatever. So, um, so senior year we have our yearbook signing party and whatever, and the class vice president, uh, Caitlin. I'll just I'll I'll leave last names out because you know. Whatever, but I will. Uh, Caitlin wanted to sign my yearbook. Um, I was a student body vice president, and you know she took my yearbook and signed like you know damn near a whole page, just talking about reflecting on like 
student council meetings. Uh, she was football manager and all that stuff and just talking about that. Um, but the name for my blog comes from a sentence that I'm, I'm, I know it was well-meaning, but it just, it, it, it was just funny the way she delivered it. And she says, uh, keep in touch with me because I want to know all about my very first black friend. And that's the name of my blog. So it I was... Know, I never heard that story. That's, yeah. That's, no, it's, it's, you know, it's just a... It's just it's just something that like I come to I've come to accept that you know a lot of kids probably didn't go to school with black people so and I was I was a lot of pe- I was a lot of kids like first time just like going to school with minorities so it's uh it's an interesting it's an interesting role to fill but I uh, I played it for four years so yep there we are your first black friend wordpress.com all right. Well, I mean, you're not my first black friend, Kyle, but you're one of my you're one of my closest, and you're you're one of my favorites of any of my friends. Oh well, hot damn! I'm I'm touched deeply. So, um, can I can I kind of piggyback onto onto like the the premise of the blog name there for a second? Yes, sir. And and kind of how you reference that. For a lot of people, you were their first experience going to school with a minority, and interacting with one on a regular basis. Um, and then I think that you said that you played that role for four years, which yeah. I found to be a very interesting choice of words. Yeah. Um, I feel like in a situation like that, you end up sort of having to be a representative of something much larger than yourself. It, extremely oh, unfairly goodness. so. Um, but could you could just kind of, kind of tell me about that experience as far yeah. as like, you know, playing, playing sports, um and you know being in forensics uh yeah. debates you know things yeah. of that nature and feeling sort of the pressure that you are not only representing yourself but your entire community and your culture in the process yeah. because there is no other representation where you go to school you know what it and that's just that's just something that like it doesn't hit you until like you're a lot older like you realize that you know when you're 14 years old and you step into your first day of high school, know you know knowing the names of like, you know a handful of people, but literally, you know I'm spending the next like four years at this place with this you know with this group of freshmen and then these upperclassmen that came the next day and all that stuff, and realizing that like, damn I have to like sit there and be, you know, I have to, I have to mind my P's and Q's more than anything because literally people are just going to associate black experience, people make associate black experiences with me. Um, it was, it was really jarring because like I, I remember to this day, you know, my first day of high school, my dad dropped me off um, and he was like, the la- you know, one of the things he said to me was just like, just be yourself and you'll be fine. And then so, you know, I walk into the I walk into the gym and, you know, we're all gathered for like some type of message or something like that from the principal. And it was the first time that it really hit me, just like, holy shit, like I'm actually the only I'm the only minority at, at this place. So it's um it just it's 
it's something that like it, you don't dawn on it until you're able to sit back and reflect on it. You know, I know for a fact that like back in high school, I made you know I made jokes about like rep, you know being the representative of black people and all that stuff, and you know, but there was just if if I knew that like if I slipped up and you know got suspended or you know got caught you know doing shit that I had no business doing and it would have been that would have been my ass and that would have been probably on a grander scale that would have been people's like that would have been people's impression of like you know of like what what black people can do when they're given a situation like that because my parents you know my parents were very um my parents were very adamant about the fact of me not going to our neighborhood school um, just because they, they, the school district sucked. And so we, we took a risk by going up to Shoreland, like, and it was just, it didn't dawn on me until that first day that, like, this is, like, this is going to be my life for the next four years, so... Just kind of, again, uh, to sort of piggyback on what you're saying again, um, especially mm -hmm. having that sort of responsibility and being being that figure in, in many ways at a school yeah. like that. Um, frankly, mm -hmm. I mean, Shoreland is a small parochial school. Uh, I would say that it, uh, it trends very conservative. Um, yeah. So how has that experience been for you now? Um, seeing some of the people that you went to high school with and some of the, the, the viewpoints that they have and, and realizing some of the places that they're coming from on some of yeah. the issues that are facing us right now. Because um, I, th I think, again, like you said, when you're in high school, these are just your peers. These are people that you go to school with. These are people mm -hmm. that you see in social settings and you have, you know, small yeah. talk and interactions like that. Now that we're adults, it's a little different and you can kind of see – you know where 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 the where the lines are drawn, so to speak. Not to yeah. make it too militaristic, but is it has it been eye opening for you at all over the past several weeks to kind of see some of the people, or is it has it kind of been about what you would expect from who you would expect? That is, it's it's a little bit of both actually. So like, um, you know, obviously. You know, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and we're sitting here. You know, we're thir you know we're in our thirties. We're looking back at like when we were we were in our teens, and one of the things I remember so badly, uh, uh, sorry, so vividly was just like, you know, uh, you never have to apologize for your English. <laughs> language, so. We barely of, we barely can get our way through a segment ever, <laughs> and I drop a lot of swears. <laughs> So, but like one of the things, one of the things I remember so vividly was like, at a certain point, it just became okay. You're you're in this position, so now all you just gotta do is survive. And you know what's the number one way to survive? You gotta you gotta blend in. So I found myself adopting a lot of conservative ideologies, you know, views on religion, views, mm -hmm. you know, not getting super duper political, but it's just like, you know, I, there was a lot of issues, a lot of social issues that I just was like, it's like, yeah, 
yeah, kid from Water Waterford, Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I have the same viewpoints as you, even though I'm from, you know, Waukegan, Illinois. Um, yeah, I, I believe I, I would just I found myself just saying just like, you know, whatever it is, you know, you don't want to stand out more than you already do. And I was I was actually talking to my brothers about this. Uh, because all f- all f- I have three younger bro- for those of you that don't know me, I have three younger brothers. Uh, they all went to Shoreland uh, and graduated and whatever. But it's just like at, you know, we all had stories of just like blending in and trying to assimilate for the sake of just like you know not trying to stick out more more than we already you know more than we already did. So fast forward now, you know, being 31 years old. And seeing the people that we went to school with, not only people in our class, but also like, you know, kids, you know, grades below and above us. And there's some kids, there's some kids that like, sorry, let's try this again. There's some adults Hmm. that turned out exactly who I thought they were back in high school. And that is both good and bad because it's just like the same close-minded, you know, just thinking, um, just, you know, just thinking, you know, not taking really any shit seriously that's, like, going on or just, like, passing it off as just, like, being, you know, too emotional or, you know, not being not being grateful enough. There, there are some people that I went to, to, uh, uh, went to school with that I'm just like, yep, that's exactly who you are and I'm not surprised by it at all. On the flip side, and you know, much to my much to my delight, there have been people who have who have done a complete 180 from who they were in high school, which is the goal. Because like, if you're sitting there and you're just like the same, you're you're pretty much the same person that you were when you were 17 years old, and you know now you're in your early 30s. Like, you know, you know what the hell have you learned? what what have you been doing the past past decade decade. basically it's just like you know you you some people you know some people i i'll i'll be i'll be completely candid there was a there was a period there was a long period in my life where because i was just so used to assimilating to uh the white majority i rejected and even you know resented my blackness and in fact, it was just, this is, this is something, if you talk to people, you talk to minorities, you talk to persons of color, like this is a common, uh, this tends to be a common experience where they feel as if, you know, either, either that they're, they're, they're wrong or they just like reject everything, uh, you know, they reject what is cultural, what makes them culturally diverse. And I can tell you that like, you know, there was there was a long period of time. I want to say from like uh, freshman year of high school, probably up until I was like twenty five or twenty six, where I would just like reject. I I wouldn't I, I wouldn't embrace my cultural heritage. I wouldn't embrace my blackness, um, in the fear of being ostracized by people who I thought I gave a damn about. 
And that's what's so lovely. It's just like once I started, once I just started like bracing who I am and all that stuff and just like, you know, realizing that like I'm a person who's grown and just like learning more stuff about me. Those people, you know, back at Shoreland who I thought I gave a toss about, I really don't. And it's like the people who I've wanted to stay in contact with, I've made an effort to stay in contact with, and they have done so likewise. So it's just, you know, so there, yeah, so there's people, there's people who have turned out exactly as I thought they have, as I thought they would, but then there's also people who have done, you know, or, or, or I'll add this, there's, there's also people uh, there's also people who we went to school with who just absolutely, you know, was was speaking up for like marginalized groups and per, uh, persons of color and all that stuff uh, in high school. And then now that they're adults, it's even more so. So there's a, there's kind of like three there's kind of like three tiers of like who people were. It's either you were a closed-minded bigot in high school and that's who you are now. You were closed-minded bigot in high school and you turned it around. Or you, you know, you were a real one from the start. Yeah. I, do you have something? Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, kind of, uh, when you discussed assimilation mm-hmm. um, and, and sort of, I don't know, almost camouflaging your culture to, to fit in, yep. in in your surrounds, I thought that was really interesting because um, mm-hmm. it made me sort of, uh, I guess, reframe my high school experience to an extent. As someone who's always kind of leaned more liberals and moderate, mm-hmm. and whereas at Shoreland that in and of itself almost made you different, yeah. I was never concerned to voice that viewpoint, and it was never mm-hmm. something that I had to think about or or be concerned oh, yeah. about. Meaning more than just these were my views on things, and so be it, right. whatever. Because I I didn't have those pressures. I didn't have to think of that. wasn't That wasn't even. A, 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 I, I'm someone who thinks a lot. I have anxiety and yeah. depression, and my brain my brain works overtime a lot of the time. That never entered my thought process at any point. Mm-hmm. That wasn't something that I ever had to think about. That wasn't something that I ever had to concern myself with. That wasn't. Yeah. That was not even a blip on my radar in terms of yeah. being afraid to express my viewpoints because mm-hmm. it would mean xyz to a group of people to which in many ways i you know in in your case like as far as culturally like you said you're an outsider to an extent you're not from yeah you know the lake geneva's or the these upper crust suburbs that a lot of kids were frankly yeah um so yeah. it was just it was just just to hear you say that was kind of like wow like that's something that made our experiences at the same place for four years wildly different and i had never thought mm-hmm. about in you know the too many years that it's been since we graduated we'll just say yeah. until right now yeah yeah well it, it's it's just it's just something that like it, i'll just use an example like whenever you know us history class whenever we talk about like reconstruction slavery uh jim crow whatever the case is i was always i was intentionally quiet and like I remember I remember feeling that way because like I think I voiced I think I voiced myself I think I voiced my opinion on something in freshman history and you know I got jumped on for for it by God knows who I I, I don't I don't I don't fucking know but like Pick a you number. know but then it was just like 
it, it, it didn't matter because it, the message was sent. It was just like, you know, something that bucks the trend. You gotta, you know, you just gotta, you know, it's not welcome. So then you get to like U.S. history junior year, you get to government senior year, and issues of, you know, these issues of like the Civil Rights Act and Jim Crow, slavery, seg segregation, all that stuff. I was, you know, there was one time, there was one time Struts looked at me and was just like, Robinson, you have any thoughts? And I was just like, it's all been said. And I left it at that. So it's just, it's just a, it's just, uh, there's just, you know, there's stuff that I, that, you know, you, you never know the shit people go through and all that stuff. It's, but like, you know, high school, high school was, uh, high school was just a very eye-opening time for me when it came to, when it came to race and diversity and all that stuff, so. I, I just wanted to hit on a point, Kyle, because when you said high school opened up your eyes, I... Obviously, my situation was a little different, but I went from spending my entire life going to yeah. school in Kenosha and yeah. went to school in a very rich suburb of Madison, middle uh, out in Middleton, and yeah, I just didn't fit in. And I mm -hmm. obviously people didn't look at me the way, like I, at Charlotte, they look at you and see a, a totally different person. I could I could assimilate, and I tried my mm -hmm. best too, but it's just so weird when you're in a situation where you're everyone around you, you're just like you have no idea anything yeah. about me and I'll do whatever I have to do to fit in cuz yeah. I don't want to I don't want to get in a fight after school every day or I right, don't want right. to like be bullied in the lunchroom or I don't right. want to have to sit like so yeah I I I definitely can at least from that point of view uh, mm -hmm. understand where you're just like I just want to fit in I just want to yeah and, and I'm going to be honest like going to school in Kenosha and then going to school in Madison was so drastically different like mm -hmm. for me personally like as far as um I guess race relations is the right way to say it, but like mm -hmm. that wasn't an issue for me. I grew up around everything, but right. what opened my eyes when I went to Madison is like the LBGT community. Like, yeah, as yep. somebody who grew up in Kenosha, nobody, especially like I moved to Madison my sophomore year of high school, there was nobody who was out, and I went to my right. school in Madison, and there's like, oh, I'm I'm gay. I'm like, what? Like, and I'm not right. gonna lie. Like when I was four, fourteen, fifteen, like we we. You know, we said words we shouldn't have said all the time, yeah, and yeah. it wasn't a big deal. And then I go to Madison, and I'm like, I was like one of the people I was friends with. I'm just like, hey, we're friends, blah blah. blah. And then like yeah. a year later, like, oh, by the way, I'm gay. And I like at that moment, I realized I'm like, you're like the same fucking person as me. Like, I don't like. And at that moment, like, I just realized I'm like, uh, like I had all sorts of prejudice from the way I was brought up, yeah. the way I was raised, super Catholic, super, right. if you're gay, it's wrong, you're going to hell, if you're right. Lutheran, you're going to hell, if you're not Catholic yeah. and follow the Lord's teachings, you're going to hell, and right. you're a bad person, blah, 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 right. but it was just so eye-opening for me, at least, mm -hmm. as far as, like, they're, they're the same people as me, and then I had friends of all different races and colors and every yeah. pre sexual preferences and right. everything, and then I think just to kind of speak on, like, assimilating and all that, like, when I, like, the first time, like, that I, like, I never really realized how big racism was until I, like, had a, a talk, like, with one of my friends who, we actually got into, it was kind of funny, he actually got into it with a teacher who was like, well, well, being gay and being black are, are very similar, and he's like, he's like, no offense, but they're very not, like, you don't go in a store and get followed around, you don't yep. go, like, people don't look at you and be like, you're gay, they, yep. they look at me and say, "Hey, I'm black," and he's and I I didn't really know what he meant until 
we were at the mall one day and we were just walking around and we were in Dick's Sporting Goods and all of a sudden yeah. he's like, they're following me. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I like started to pay attention and then we went to JCPenney, we went to Sears and it was like everywhere we went, like yeah. they followed him. And that wasn't something I experienced mm-hmm. when I was by myself. When I was yeah. in the store alone or with my white friends, I didn't notice that. I didn't, and especially at that age and you're starting to shop by yourself and do mm-hmm. more independent things, that's when I really realized it. And I think when I was reading over uh, the article that you wrote, that's one of the things that connected for me is I'm like, man, like I, like, I don't know that exact feeling, but I've been in situations around people that go through the, yeah. can I go to Target at 9 o'clock at night or will I get followed around? Like, yeah. I, like I brought, I'm, I'm wearing headphones in the store. Are they going to think that I stole these? Like, yeah. I, um, I didn't mean to, didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead, go like, ahead. I, uh, all of those things, like, all those things on top of, like, you know, um, I've been followed in stores. I've been, you know, I, shit, if I, if I went into, like, stories from Shoreland alone, like, I could probably, I could probably fill up, like, a good 45, kilo of good 45 minutes, but I'll, I'll keep a, I'll keep a couple of bridged versions. So, uh, my freshman year, Freshman year during homecoming during homecoming week we were at uh, I was at the volleyball game you know probably hanging out I, I don't know who the who the hell I would be hanging out with but I was walking past uh, I was walking past the parent section and heading towards the student I was heading towards the student section um, and I think out out loud like or you know to the point where I could hear it and he was intentional about it. You know, one of the parents just said, Oh, I would never let, you know, my daughter go to, uh, go to homecoming with a guy like that. And, you know, it was one of those directed, it was one of those directed comments about, you know, a 14 year old boy who just wants to cheer on his uh, school's volleyball team. Um, I have, when I started driving, yeah, when I was, when I started driving, my parents, my parents, I think, spent more time telling me, like, what to do if I get pulled over than, like, telling me, like, you know, this is the gear shift and all that stuff. Um, and it's just like, and then there's the, and then there's just, like, all all the names that I was called and all that stuff. But it's, you know, that, you know, I, I took it as that came with the territory. But it's it's just... It, it, it doesn't have to, it sh- and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. You're right. Um, and here's the, th- the thing about it is, I felt like in all of those situations, if I ever did something back, I felt like I would be looked at as, like, the bad guy. Um, specifically, specifically when I was... Um, specifically when I was called the N-word at a Christian high school... For the first time in my life, I didn't tell I didn't tell the dean of students until it, it happened just after lunch. I didn't tell the dean of students until the last class period of the day, and I remember sitting in Struts's office, and I was like, you know, I told him I told him what happened and all that stuff, and he looked at me as like, well, Kyle, why didn't you tell me earlier? And I was just like, I. I don't know. It's just that whole, like, I didn't want to bring attention. I didn't want to bring unnecessary attention to myself. But 
you know, it, it was like this was this became something that it's just like I, I, I just couldn't bear I couldn't bear with it anymore. Um, so that was just like it, it's just like you wanna you wanna like you don't wanna take your you don't wanna take the 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 shit that people throw at you anymore. But then it just became. But then it just became, you know, well, this is going to, like, you know, this is going to point me out as, like, you know, this is going to bring it unnecessary attention to me. So it was, it's, it's constantly, it's constantly something that, you know, you just, you have to be, you have to be aware of. Um, well, I had to be aware of, and it's just, you know, it just became just part of my, it just became part of the experience. So It feels like, like, kind of what you're describing is almost just living in fear of, like, if I do anything wrong, mm-hmm. you already expressed like how you feel like you represent an entire entire people, mm-hmm. and you have to be on your p's and q's. Because if you if somebody says something to you and you're like mm-hmm. f you, all of a sudden they're gonna be like, oh, see, I told you. Yeah, that's like that's such a shitty way to go through life and such a yeah. shitty way to have to experience high school. When I mean, uh, high school sucks enough. Yeah, when that kid when that kid called me called me the n-word um like my the first thing the first thing that popped in my head was just like i can't hit him because you know wickman's coming around the corner and he's gonna see me hit him and then there goes my story so you know it's just it's just always this it's just always this issue of just like trying to you know just trying trying to like at, at what point do you sacrifice you sacrifice your humanity and like just how you feel um, for like you know telling people that this is wrong and you can't take you know you're tired of it because like at that point at that point and that's like I, I don't want I don't want to dwell too much on this but it's just like at that point second you know second second semester of my freshman year when when I was called the N word for um, that was that was a that was a point in my life where it was just like everything just came crashing down at once and that was like the first time i really felt like damn like i'm obviously here by mistake um and there's just like and it was just it was just something that like it was just something that i i I look back on and it was just like, and I was just like, why, you know, I don't know why that was allowed to happen. Um, but it's just, it's, it's just part of, it's just part of me now. And it's part of my, it's part of my story. It's part of who I am. And, you know, I just want to, if I can, I want to make sure that nobody else went through that. But unfortunately people are assholes and that's just kind of not going to change. So. But I think you even speaking up and you like the the blog post you wrote and everything mm-hmm. like I think I think that gives people at least like some sense of nor I guess not normalcy but some sense mm-hmm. of they feel better about the situation just because they're like man somebody else went through it somebody yeah else went through it. like and it's not a positive thing and it's not like oh great somebody else like but mm-hmm. at least like I I guess just normalcy of like oh yeah. Like everyone experiences this. Like if I have to go, like this person had it happen, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, and it's those awkward conversations, those uncomfortable conversations that the more often they're had, the more people are gonna share their stories and be like, "Oh, that happened to you. Oh, that happened to you too. Yeah. Oh, and that happened." Like, 
and not that that's a good thing, but at the end of the day, it might be a good thing because the more we talk about it and the more it gets out there, the more people are realizing it's happened and we need to figure out a solution. The whole yeah. reason I, the whole reason I started the blog, uh, started my blog was because I, I, I didn't know the person, but I knew that there was somebody out there who had a similar situation to me. Like there was somebody, there's somebody living in these United States who is who had the audacity to just try to like live live a normal life and has experienced some stuff as like as the token because that's what I was. But as as stressful and as the meaning as stressful and as like angering it, as it was, um, you know there there are some like super dope like awesome moments uh where you know people would stand up for me and all that stuff i remember uh hell alex pray uh alex praber when he found out that like you know I... people's government names out here yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean like i'll just call i'll just call, like that's just what that's just one that like stands out to me because like you know i get called the n-word you know Kid gets suspended, whatever. I, you know, I go to PE the next day, and you know, this junior, this junior comes up to me. And is just like, hey, I heard what happened. I was just like, Jesus Christ, news travels fast. Um, and it was like, do you need me to kick that kid's ass or anything like that? And then like, you know, three or four other juniors like, you know, came in and were just like talking, just like trying to talk me up and all that. And I was like, no, I'm. No, I'll be fine and all that stuff. He was like, yeah, yeah, man, it's a fucked up situation. I was like, I was like, yeah, I know it is, but like, I don't need you, I don't need you to kick my, kick ass or kick my ass or anything like that, and kick his ass or anything like that. I was gonna say they better not kick your ass, Matt. Hey, no, no kink shaming. Maybe that's what he's into. But no, there was just like there, there, there are a lot of there are a lot of kids. There was a lot of adults that like also just like really you know just went out of their way to just try to try to help me you know help me out i you know i've talked about i've talked about struts a couple times i've um who who else i yeah struts is the only one that comes to mind is just like you know somebody who just kind of like went out of their way to make sure that like you know i wasn't you know that try to make my high school experiences uh as as smooth as possible so yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of good shit that happened in high school, uh, being the only black kid. But you know, some of it was shit. Some of it was shitty. So Here, here's kind of for me. This is what I took out of that. Kind of how we were talking about how you know, well, you know, it, it happens. Blah 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 blah. But it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I think as more of these type of stories are told, and as mm-hmm. people who may not be aware of those type of things or are sheltered mm-hmm. to them or haven't experienced mm-hmm. them, see how normalized these things are and how prevalent these are in communities of color. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how you said how, you know, don't be angry because um, a lot of, you know, black men particularly are often yeah. taught to be stoic because you don't want to be the angry black guy. Like right. that, these are all things that like, it's yeah, everyone knows these and like oh it's well it's always been that way. But yeah. I think what's happening right now is collectively we're saying why? 
why why uh, yeah. why, is, why is this still acceptable in in 2020 why are we still having people experience the same reverse side of the coin culturally and and, and socioeconomically because of the color of their skin and to me that's why everything that's happening right now is encouraging um, mm -hmm. because it is forcing these conversations to happen yeah. and the people that are ignorant or choose to be ignorant can't, can't bury their heads in the sand any longer. Um, so I guess yeah. my question for you is what, what, what are you encouraged about, you know, with what's happening right now? Uh, what, what are you doing? How would you ask allies or, or, or white, you know, people with, with, with platforms, what, what can they do to help? And then, and then also, I guess, like I said, just kind of, What's encouraging about it? And then this is sort of a different question, um, so take them as you will. But as a teacher, what are you doing to make the next generation more tolerant and more intelligent and more aware of things like this? What are you doing to, to, to create a socially responsible next generation as well? Holy, oh my gosh, wow. Um, well, first first foremost, um, the amount of people, the amount of people who have reached out either to me or, you know, on social media and all that stuff to, to just either show support or, you know, in my case, they share, they share what I wrote. I mean, it's just like, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it touches me in a way that like, you know, I know the, I know that people care, but it's just like, to, to go out of their way and to use their platform and use their influence to try to invoke some positive change it has been astounding. I mean, shit. Nathan Nominson wrote something genuine and sincere on Facebook, and you know damn well that that's the last place where he is genuine. Yeah, so I gotta you say this. genuine and sincere? Yes. I thought both of those emotions died in him a long time ago. <laughs> I did so. Hey, we could talk as much shit as we want. That fucker don't even listen. <laughs> yeah, I'll put him on but like... <laughs> but, um, But it's just... Like, when I saw that, like, and I'll just use that as an example because, like, you know, AJ shared what I wrote and it was awesome. Gonzo shared what I wrote and it was awesome. You know, um, you know it, it's different... It's different when you have somebody who you're kind of like, yeah, you know, I know they care, but how much do they care? Like, I, like that was something, that was something that was really powerful to me because, like, you know, we all know Nathan. Um, he does I know. I'm looking at his Facebook now, and he shared that, and then the next thing he shared is the shitty apartments he was or houses he was looking at with stab holes in the wall. <laughs> See, and so, I mean, and then you scroll. The next thing is forty. Is a table full of forty ounces. So I mean, <laughs> so it's just like what when that hit, when that when I saw that, I was just like, oh, this is serious now, isn't it? So what what's encouraging to me is that people are taking the time to listen and to educate themselves, whether it be through resources that have been resources that have been shared, or they're taking the time to like hear one person's story. Um, you know, truth be told. Truth be told, I my my experience is 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 pretty atypical. You know, I uh you know, I grew up I, I, I had a life I had a life of privilege, so to speak. You know, I had both parents who had jobs uh involved in my life. They were able to send me to a a, a, a pretty fucking expensive school, um, and all that stuff. And it's just like 
for there are people there there are people out there specifically black people who have like who have had to deal with more while having less at their disposal you know what i mean mm, absolutely um, so it's just it's just i've had you know it's encouraging to see so many people who are asking you know what can i do you know and and you know it's like it's like what i wrote um it's like what I wrote, you have to first and foremost, you know, if your circle of if your circle of friends or acquaintances, uh, you know, if you don't have like a couple people who don't look like you, then your viewpoint is skewed already. You know what I mean? You know, I could sit here and say that social uh, that systematic racism is wrong, but if all of your friends are have brown hair, blue eyes, just like you, then like what I say doesn't mean piss to you. So it, the first thing that you have to do is you have to you have to you have to go out and you have to have those hard conversations because like you have you have to have your you have to have your foundation shaken a little bit. Um, I think you just putting yourself like not to piggyback like yeah. putting yourself in those situations like as somebody on the other side like. Yep. Just putting yourself in situations, you're like, eh, I may not be the most comfortable in this situation, yeah. but fuck it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna see, like, because, I mean, for me, that was that was one of the biggest things to just realizing what's going, like, yeah, is just, yo, know, I'm gonna do this thing. I like this, like, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna figure, like, for me in high school, it was just playing basketball after school, and it turned out yeah. to be a bunch of different people from all different, like, there has right. to be something, right. um, where there's something you, every single person listening to this, every single person on earth, there's something that you like, you enjoy, mm-hmm. that somebody that doesn't look like you, like, so I just, I, I don't want to jump in, but I just always yeah. have a cop out of like, well, I don't know, I live in, I, live in yeah. I, don't, I don't see or, anything, I work with a guy, yeah. like, that's bullshit, like, there's, there's something that every single person on earth likes, if it's knitting, if it's, I like working on motorcycles, if it's, right. you know, I... Um, I build computer, whatever. There's somebody that's different than you that yeah. likes that thing too. You can find that person. Like, it, you don't have to find them just because. But like, you're gonna yeah. run into those people. And if you aren't running into those people, then you're actively avoiding those people. Yeah, because like, it's impossible not to. That's basically, and that's basically it. So it's like going on, it, going on to like you know, going on to like what you know. The next thing people can do is just like you know, if if people have stories or experiences to tell. The last thing that you need to do, if you're in a if you're white, if you're white and you sit there and look me in the eyes and say, "Well, are you sure you didn't overreact to you know the boy calling you the n-word?" And I was like, "Okay, well, this conversation's over. I'm gonna leave." Cause like you're, how do you how do you sit there and deny somebody else's experiences? Now. I, I may have opened myself up to criticism there because it's like, well, you know, I had bad experiences with with black people and all that stuff, and it's like, you know, so that that forms my judgment. I'm sitting here, 31 years old, thinking back to like all my negative experiences, you know, my handful of negative experiences with the police, uh, racism. Let's just call it what it is. Uh, racism, whether it's open or just like, you know, that secret racism that Dave Chappelle talked about. 
Um, but it's like, if I could sit here and say that, like, you know, yeah, I've had bad experiences with, with, with white people, but by and large, I know that there are pe- white people out there that care and love, care about and love me for who I am. Like, what? The only thing that's blocking you from doing the same with black people is because if your foundation is shaken and if your views are challenged, you're afraid you're going to lose like who you are. Because ultimately, ultimately what happens is, is that if you're not challenged in your preconceived notions and your prejudices about a group of people or anything like that, you'll go your whole life with those prejudices, with those with those prejudice blinders up. And whenever somebody comes along that says something that challenges you, you're just going to have an excuse ready for like, oh, I had I've never had ba- I've never had experiences with that person or that group of people. And I've just never I, I never want to have experiences with that group of people. So I, like and then th- that's I- Identity politics is what came to mind yep. for me when you talked about mm-hmm. that. Yep. The people that view politics as a sports team. I mean, ironic because, you know, we're usually a sports show. Um, mm-hmm. But the people that have a political party and, and root for it like it's the Bucks or the Bulls. And mm-hmm. no matter what those people say or do, they're going to root for that team, quote unquote, that's so dangerous because when that becomes oh, part of your identity and part of how you define yourself, mm-hmm. you have stopped. You've stopped thinking. You've stopped yeah. challenging yourself. You've stopped looking for for more, you know, truth. Um, and yeah. I think what we need is like just believe black people, man. Like, that's, if if you're if you're listening and you're on the fence and you think some of these these stories are are overblown or you know, like you said, like oh, did you overreact to that situation, like. Nobody would, nobody, nobody would ever question that. Like it's, and it's the same people that would be like, oh, well I had, you know, some bad experiences with, with black people. Those are the same people that are going to try to tell me that, oh, well, you know, it's only a few bad cops. So I'm done. I'm not trying to hear that bullshit anymore. Pardon my language, but like that's, that, that time is coming, come and went for me. So like we need to believe black people. What, like what incentive is there to, to have this, this widespread, of of like this is there's no there's nothing to be gained besides everything like that's yeah. like they are it's literally the most bare minimum thing that that black people are looking for like anyone who disagrees with the statement black lives matter like i don't understand where your humanity is essentially oh. and and when identity politics gets you to that point yep i just i those people, I think, are, are too far gone. So I guess yeah. we're not really trying to get to them. Uh-huh. Um, but we're, like I said, more for the people that are that are just ignorant to it or mm-hmm. haven't experienced it. Those are the people that I hope are hear this yeah. and that I hope can identify with this. And I hope, you know, I hope people think about it and, and yeah. think about what you're saying and what you're telling us right now because it's your truth. It is the truth. And I just, I, I really thank you for sharing that with us today. No problem. Uh, I, um... You know, I saw something on Twitter, like, I don't know, last year, two years ago, something like that, when, you know, when it, this, this, you know, protesting and, and all this stuff was going on, but it was like, not to the, not to the degree that it is now. And it resonates with me so, it resonates with me so, uh, so much. And it's like, 
the quote said, America should be thankful black people are just asking for equality and not for revenge. True. Because it's like, because it's like, you know, all we're just asking for is, you know, hey, treat me like a human. Like, literally, the, the absolute, the absolute bare minimum that you were taught back in preschool is treat others the way you want to be treated. Are there, ba- you know, are there black people, are there black people out there fucking up? Yes. And, but, you know, we're not out here, we're not out here saying that, like, black people need to be absolved of everything for the rest of humanity. We're just saying, you know, it's literally just like, these are experiences, these are stories, these are, these are, you know, this is, this is life. This is life as seen through my eyes. So it's like, you know, getting back to your final question, AJ, about like how I'm trying to, you know, how I'm trying to mold the next generation. It's just like, it's, it's such a complex, it's such a complex question because it's like, you know, by being by being a by being a black male teacher, I'm already just like defying norms, because like, you know, I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you guys this. The first time I had a black male teacher, I was a, I was a sophomore in college. Damn. So like, already there, already there. There's just like there's there's a trend being bucked already. So then, you know, I have to I have to be deliberate in not only not only in like just the way I present myself and this kind of goes back to like you know how I how I used to think back in high school I have to be deliberate in not only my planning and like you know the way I present my teaching but all that stuff and all that stuff but I also have to you know if there's instances of like where a kid is just being you know thrown in detention or suspended over some petty bullshit that like um, that like another student of a different ethnicity could do, and he gets like you know a couple slaps on the wrist before something heavy is gone on. That's that's where I'm coming in and saying, um, that's where I'm coming in and saying, hey, let's let's take a look at the way that we that we do this stuff. You know, um, we you know right now you know going on in America, there's protests about police brutality. And, you know, the over-policing of black communities and all that stuff. We haven't even touched things like housing, jobs, education, um, just like, you know, just these, these bigger, these bigger scale issues that like where, you know, these bigger scale issues that, that like are so deep rooted in American. The the systemic and systemic racism. That it, it, that's what people don't understand. That's what people don't understand. Like I, I had I had somebody I had somebody I, I was on Facebook, um, and somebody was just like, uh, somebody was just like, if if somebody you know if if you're racist towards anybody, you know you if I find that you're racist towards anybody, then you you know I'm gonna delete you from my friends. And I was just like, I was just like, well, you can be prejudiced. Like I can be prejudiced towards a group of people but i you know racism racism is a racism there has to be a benefit for me like i could sit here and say that i don't like you know group x but 
but like I'm not gonna get any I'm not gonna get any benefits from you know holding down or you know saying that Group X shouldn't have these rights. So when yeah, it's you know systemic race systemic racism is, and I think this is why so many people like bury their heads in the sand. AJ and 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 Gonzo is because. Systemic racism is as American as apple pie and baseball. It is Fuck. so, it is so woven into just like what this country is. It's, you yeah, know, it's as old as the Constitution. Basically, you know, this country built on the genocide of one uh, one group of people and an enslavement of another people. That's not that's not a controversial statement. That's literally a seventh grade history lesson. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say if that if that anyone wants to argue with that, go read a history book. But Basically, hold on, because I will yeah. argue that point because in public schools they do not teach you about that kind of stuff. They do yeah. not like. It's just like oh, in the slave trade, it was you know yes. it was a triangle and this is what happened. The triangle and, trade. And, then, and, and know, that was it. That was in school. Mm -hmm. That's about as much as I learned about racism. About and, and I mean about slaves, I should say. Well, here, and, that's it. And that and that gets into that gets into another problem that literally, literally, like I could spend I could spend hours talking about just like the the education education system in America, and you know, but like yeah. You're not taught about you're not taught about the genocide of the of the Native Americans. You're not taught about you're not taught about the in depth. Uh, you're not taught about how the first police forces after the Emancipation Proclamation were basically just the overseers with a different title. You know, uh, you're not taught about things like Black Wall Street, where uh, the United States government came in and bombed Tulsa, Oklahoma where black people had established their businesses. That's all, you know, that's all stuff that like, that's all stuff that like you have to go outside of the regular scope of education in order to, to research. Or as we say in the education, uh, education world, those are elective classes. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's maddening. But again, people bury their heads when we say you know, when we say, you know, oh, well, Milwaukee has had history of race, of racial riots uh, dating back, you know, dating, you know, going back to 1967, for example. And people are just like, wait, what are you talking about? Milwaukee, Milwaukee is a wonderful place to live. And it is. But it's just like, it's not the second most, second most segregated city in America behind yeah, Detroit. I, say, I that's mm -hmm. And it shocks people every time you tell them. It's like, Milwaukee's like... The most segregated city in America, and they're like, "Oh no, it's not that bad." Like, no, it literally is. Like, each neighborhood is like, "Oh well, that ethnicity lives there." Yep. Those people live there. Like, it's yep. it's, it's and still happening. To make it don't worse, go to, don't go to this part of town after this time. And to make like, it worse, the public yeah. the public transportation is atrocious. So those people that live mm -hmm. in those areas work in those areas. Because there's no way to go. If you're if yeah. you're a poor whatever, you're gonna work somewhere close because you're not gonna afford a car. And public transportation is dog shit. Where there's you no, can't go, you can't go anywhere. There's there's no upward mobility, which is another issue in and of its in and of itself. Uh, you know, since this all started with Minneapolis, uh, you know, back in I want to say like late '80s. 
mid to late 80s, there was a race riot over uh, there was a race riot over a black uh, a, a black uh, black teenager being shot by a cop. Um, I want to say it was like 88, 89, or maybe even 19, uh, maybe even 1990. Um, there, so like these cities that we're seeing these riots in, and this is this is like one of my final points that this is one of my final points I'll make. You know, people are upset about the riots. I, you know, I had to take. I, I took a social media hiatus because, like, the riots were, like, spiking my anxiety and all that stuff. But I keep telling people, these riots are not just, like, the go-to, inst- go-to solution. These riots are the result of cries for basic humanity falling on deaf ears for decades. And I think what George Floyd was was the spark that finally ignited this powder keg. And so what we're seeing now is we're seeing all of these communities come together and just, you know, raise hell over the fact that these that these injustices like what we see have been an issue but nobody has like tried to do anything. I don't, you know what, and I'll be very candid. I don't have the answers. I, in like, you know, people ask me, it's just like, well, what happens next? It's like, fuck if I know. But like, I, but, but I'm you're just not like, in that position. You're a teacher. You're not. I'm not. <laughs> I like, I can control, I can control like, you know, the, the, the very, uh, you know, the 65, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders I have. And then, like, you know, the, the people who, who give a toss about what I say on social media. I'm, I, you know, I don't, I'm not in the position to, I'm not in the position to, like, uh, you know, public law or anything like that or, or, or anything like that. And I don't, and that, but that's not where my gifts, my skill set is. So, you know, these people who are asking, like, well, what's the next step? Get to somebody, get in the ear of somebody who can make this change. And it honestly, it starts well, in the mirror. Yeah, it start it starts with voting. It it it, it starts it starts it, it doesn't start with voting. It starts with you acknowledging there is a problem, and then it goes to you just like saying, "Okay, there is a problem. What can I do about it?" I I don't feel comfortable protesting, but I can write a I can write an email to my congressman, you know, or it's like. I'll walk 15 miles up and down the streets of Milwaukee with signs. You know, I went to my first protest. Uh, I went to my first protest in my life last Tuesday, um, and it, shit was it, it was it was powerful because, like, you know, people, you know, you've heard the saying, "We're living through we're living through a uh, history right now." Um, but like, if you feel like that, there's something that you can do. That if do what you can do, and if you can't do something, reach out to the people who can do something. But the very least, the very absolute least that people can do is they can sit, they they can list, they can take time to listen to those who are affected. And that's like that's really it. Just like you know, listen to my experience, and don't just pass it off as like being. Um, overreacting or dramatic or, or anything like that. Like actually just sit down and listen. So, and, uh, I hope, I hope that's what we did here today. 
Oh, boy. Um, I just, I, like I said, I can't thank you enough, Kyle. I really, really appreciate you coming on here. Um, before we let you go, though. Yes, sir. You did email us. I did. Our long, long-standing request for an email has yes. come true. Um, <laughs> yes. So, as uh, as a little extra something for for not only being our guest but also sending us an email today, um, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll your email to paraphrase was with LeBron James rebooting the Space Jam franchise. What other sports movie franchise? Would you like to see recreated with current athletes? Hell yeah! So, Kyle, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose the question. I'm gonna turn, I'm gonna put a mirror on that and uh, turn it right back to you first, sir. Since I'm I'm hoping if that was a question you asked, you might have might have some suggestions as well. Well, um, shit. Um, you can't ask a question with no answer. Well, yeah, I I, I know. It's like, uh, um. It's not a franchise, but, like, the first one that comes to mind is, like, bend it like Beckham, but instead of Beckham, it's, like, Ronaldo or or uh, or uh, Messi or, you know, I don't know. Is Messi retired or something like that? Uh, or, no, he's still, like, doing the tax evasion trial thing, but he's still still playing. Okay. <laughs> um, Underrated oh, movie, shit. by the way. Bend it like Beckham? Yeah. It was, it was a really good movie. And I'm not a um, uh, let's see. I mean, can we again another another franchise another movie franchise? Uh, let's do let's do Hoosiers with the uh, 2015 Wisconsin Badgers. <laughs> but, Fuck it. but Kyle, the problem is nothing changes. <laughs> I know. It's yeah, it's just the same movie. <laughs> Bo Ryan is Gene Hackman. One ball, <laughs> one team. Uh, let's see. Um, oh man, I would I would do Hoosiers for sure, but I want Stan Van Gundy as the coach. <laughs> I want him crossing people over. Yeah, I've seen his handles. I was thinking here, uh, bud. Oh man, oh, uh, what kind of dog would you want? I want a Great uh, Dane, big dog. They can play. Maybe a little four. So no. you'd like you'd like a dog that's a little bit more of a low post presence. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Airbud kinda... was too much of a pretty boy. Yeah, he was more of a yeah. He'd yeah. fit only... more on the Warriors teams. Yeah, the only definitely. Pro- the, o- the only problem with a Great Dane is that you have to restrict his minutes. Because uh, uh, that's true. Them bones. management. Yeah, them bones but that's perfect are... for today. Yeah, he could yeah. be the Kawhi of of air bas- of basketball for. <laughs> Dogs. Basketball dogs. Yeah. Uh, there, one other one that comes to mind that's less funny, but it's just more like kind of sentimental is uh, is kind of like a Rudy, uh, Rudy type movie with Shaquem Griffin. Ooh, I like. I would see. I was gonna go Rudy, but a funny route because yeah. I was gonna mention the JJ Watt SNL uh, skit mm-hmm. that he did, where they just blew up Rudy, and he just, like, yeah, he's like a little practice squad shrimp, and he's playing against guys that are 6'3", 295. Like, yeah. you're going to die. Um, I would like to see the Rudy story where he gets in for one play, gets pancaked, and then it's done. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. oh, shit. I can't. I don't know, but, like, what did I say? Space, Space Jam? I don't know. Like, is there anybody besides LeBron that could – 
that's like Ooh. you know that much of a that much of like a public figure that could have that could be that could do like a Space Jam type movie I'm, I'm sorry, guys. in ba- in basketball. I mean Curry maybe, but like yeah, kids like him. Kids like Curry, but like you know, all he would do is just like sink a three pointer as like with like half of a hundredth of a second left from or some or some shit like that. Um, yeah, the NBA sh- definitely seems to have the most personalities that are coming Absolutely. to mind for me. Absolutely, mostly yeah. because it's one of the only leagues that encourages you to have a personality. Yep. Um, but you know, Roger Goodell he admitted that they were wrong now, so the NFL's. Socially, hey! socially, yeah. It only there took you know one. five years and massive public outcry, but they got there. We we got one. Yeah, <laughs> old Raj, old robot Raj. Oh my goodness. Um, no, I can't. I don't know. Yeah, I I can't think of can't think of anything. I'm trying to think of like obscure sports uh, obscure sports movies, but like. I don't know. Are you gonna do Million Dollar Baby with uh, Floyd Mayweather as a as a trainer? Ooh, Good. I could I, I could do, I could get behind Floyd Mayweather <laughs> like as a trainer. Yeah. Or uh, Conor oh, McGregor shit. has to train the other fighter though. Oh my goodness! It, it's That'd the be only pretty way. good. It can only it can only it, that movie can only happen if it uh if if the ending is similar to the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode. <laughs> So, yes. <laughs> oh my god. That would be that would be absolutely fantastic. Uh oh my goodness. Uh shit. And no, that's all that's all I really got. I mean that's that's a good list. We got I think I think we, we, we got through quite a few there. We I mean we didn't we didn't reference a single wrestling movie, but there's not that many since no. we had, you know, a wrestling fan on here. I thought maybe we could riff, but I, I don't mean, know. Are you gonna remake Fighting with my family, or I'm not with uh with fucking um uh, ah shit. Who has kids? Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins kids. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, wait a minute. That that'd, that'd be pretty good. Hold on a second. All right, boys. Be... I gotta pick up audio from a different position because I don't know what's happening. I think yeah. everything's overheating. Um, so it probably sounds like dog shit. But uh, I had to jump in because Ready to Rumble needs to be remade without David Arquette. Um. <laughs> That's, That's a wrestling, wrestling tie-in. That is. Um, I really think that uh, uh, wrestling-wise, I don't know who could play David Arquette. Um, you need a hunk. What about yeah, Marco, Marco Stunt? No, Marco Aww. Stunt shouldn't be involved in anything. <laughs> he needs a he needs a parent to sign off on it. <laughs> He's my least favorite wrestler of all time. Hey right man, <laughs> Cody's up there too though. Cody fucking sucks. Hey man, leave just because he wants. Just because he wants to book himself to win like his dad, I mean... Oh, like, every match, though. Does he oh. have to blade every match? Yeah! Why, why are you blading against Jungle Boy on this past it's Dynamite? It's summer style wrestling, Daddy! You know, this man, this man gonna be the greatest match you ever seen, baby. It's gonna be... It's the, the work rate is gonna be great. It's blood all over the place, Daddy. You gonna love it. Oh, you know it's a good match when, when you gotta change the mat afterwards. <laughs> Me and Dick Murdoch used to wrestle for 36 hours a night, baby. <laughs> Dick Murdoch is actually still wrestling in NWA, just for the record. Trevor Murdoch is? Doc Murdoch. Oh, oh, I mean, it's even worse. Oh, God, why? Um, <laughs> Bills. Because they're paying them. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Bullshit. Um, 
Who there's there's another oh shit there's another pro wrestling movie. I mean, you could do Both the wrestler. of the other ones are pretty sad, though. Yeah, I was going to say. I was yeah, the, the wrestler, wrestler. The wrestler is just like, you know, that's just that's just really sad. Oh, yep. yeah. It's too accurate. It's like, oh, golly. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Damn. I mean. You know, what, you know what movie? It's not with an athlete, but I would like a modern reboot of either Rookie of the Year or Little Big League. Yeah, but I don't know who's yeah. gonna play. That's just random kids. I know. I I think Blake Griffin and Chris Paul need to get in more movies because they're hilarious together. My only issue is the more I see Chris Paul play, the more I hate him because on court mm-hmm. I absolutely hate Chris Paul, but off court he's like in my top ten favorite athletes. But like he on court I just and same with Blake Griffin. I hate him on court. Maybe maybe those two and then you throw in DeAndre Jordan kind of bring him back <laughs> like. Ooh. Lock I think City got reunited. Yeah, and it feels so good. They can play the they can play the Monstars in the uh in the new ah, hit hit bring, bring, hey. bring in JJ Reddick and uh Matt Barnes to complete <laughs> complete the movie. Can we uh can we can we talk about while we're talking about Space Jam really quickly? That's um, we got about two minutes here. We got as long as real quick. The out the the the, the soundtrack for the first Space Jam movie. Was that just really? Was that really good? Or is uh, like, no, Kyle. It, it uh, wasn't. No, listen. Now knowing what we know about R. Kelly. Oh um, shit! Damn it! We can't give it as much credit as we would have. Damn, so we have to pretend. It, I believe I can fly is not on it. God. Oh shit. If, what about what about Seal's cover of "Fly Like an Eagle"? That's class. I mean, oh. if you take away R. Kelly from being on it because it makes it so problematic, it's it's great, but. When you have R. Kelly on it, it's 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 a little rough to support. So, so now it's just like, you know, if the movie is eh, kind of passable with LeBron James, can they be yeah, saved I mean, by like, can they be saved by like having Kendrick Lamar on on the soundtrack? Future. Ooh yeah. Oh my God! Like re, like doing the new Monsars uh, or whatever bad guy team that he's facing off with. I don't fucking know, but. Let's look at this is this is packed. I mean, yeah. Got, I mean, even if we ignore the first song, there we got the winner with Coolio, Space Jam. I believe uh, there he is again, though. Fucking R. Kelly's. R. Kelly's all over this thing, dude. I mean, hit him high, though. Come on. Him high is like youth He's got football. Basketball Jones on the soundtrack yeah. with Chris with Chris Rock. Yeah, I mean, come on. Chris Rock, like like and Barry White. That's that's that's, that's basketball. But made sexy. Basically, like I, um, I, I haven't played basketball since I haven't played basketball since fourth grade. I would play hit him high before every single football game, <laughs> like in middle before every single football game, sixth grade. Played it all the time. I was just like, I'm gonna. It's like I'm gonna go sit on the bench, but I'm gonna be real angry about it. <laughs> so I was just, I, I don't know how many times as a kid. The in basketball Jones, when Barry White comes in with the line, maybe that's why he can't sleep at night, and like that just as a kid, I was like, that's the coolest fucking thing ever. I don't know why it just stood out to me. And still it's still does. It's it's just like it's Barry White's voice, man. Like shit, oh, so sultry. Oh my gosh. Hey, like, but speaking on R. Kelly, can we just have somebody re-sing all of his songs and take full credit and not give? 
R. Kelly any credit for producing or writing yeah. or any of this, it? This has been a Gonzo idea for a while, and we'll we'll go yes. we'll use it here. He wants to just have somebody erase R. Kelly and just basically reshoot all of R. Kelly's work. But now we can just be like, oh yeah, so and so can little just all their R. Kelly's catalog can just go to someone else who's not a massive piece of shit, and then uh, we can continue enjoying the music and not have to hear about the person. So that that beckons the question: Who's not a massive piece of piece of shit? There's a lot I, of a lot of I, massive pieces well, of listen, shit. Listen, yeah. Here's the other thing: is it has to be somebody who doesn't have much of a career on on their own. So I was thinking of Jaheem. I like his voice. <laughs> he only had like a couple of songs. I think it would work out pretty well. I don't know I, if you guys are familiar with Jaheem. I I see your Jah I see your Jaheem, and I raise you genuine. Genuine's oh. too genuine's too big. Well, just pony alone, really. That's already too much. Yeah, in those jeans. Oh yeah. Oh um, man. There's a couple others. I know a friend of ours plays in uh, pony way too often, so that's the only one we can remember. But Shout out to us. Genuine has has a pretty and I mean he made the song for Lil Sebastian. I mean. <laughs> oh yeah, shit. This is Damn true. Yeah. So his library is too too vast. You guys uh, probably can't even name a Jaheem song. No, I I, I cannot. I I. Nope. See, there you go. So it should be Jaheem. He has no career really to speak of. Hashtag Jaheem to R. Kelly. Jaheem to R. Kelly. Or R. Kelly to Jaheem. Because I guess we're transferring the, 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 the credits. No, we can't acknowledge R. Kelly. We can't say that it was R. Kelly's to begin so with. So we just like all collectively. Like that. Like that one movie where uh, where they pretend Beatles didn't exist or some shit like that. Oh yeah, yesterday or whatever. Yeah, some some like that where it's just like, what do you like some like who the fuck who here's here's my here's my last little thing. Imagine a up? world where R. Kelly <laughs> never existed. Hey, do you guys do you guys have any R. Kelly? It's like who? Y'all like, got any more waking, of that R. Kelly? <laughs> who's waking up? And realizing, oh my God, I don't. I live in a world where R. Kelly doesn't exist. <laughs> I think it'd be great times. <laughs> I like this. I like this idea a lot. You wake up, Kells, Robert, Robert. No, it have to be. You wake up to the radio, like the alarm clock. It's on, but it's like I believe I could fly. But you're like, that's not R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Or you're just like going through Spotify and you're just trying you're trying to find it. First of all, first of all, it, it like it it beckons the question: How the hell did you get to this present age where you both lived in the past where R. Kelly was a thing, and now you're in the <laughs> well, present where up it's in not? A, you woke up in a different universe where in this universe R. Kelly doesn't exist. That or but, time has finally I, folded in on itself. I, it's, it's, You're just in a parallel universe. I just, I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. You know, I don't understand people who, who are just like, who, who, who are just, uh, who are like that, or just like we need more, we need more R. Kelly stuff. But I don't know. People that want more Chris Brown. Yeah, fuck Chris Brown forever. It, hey, <laughs> if, if listeners, if you learn nothing else from me today, fuck Chris Brown forever. Yeah. Boom. There's our episode name. There it got is. it. I was Fuck wondering. We, we, we got there. <laughs> oh, my goodness, guys. Uh, thank you so much. I, I didn't tell thank you, you guys. I didn't tell you guys this, but uh, you popped my podcast, Cherry. So, Ooh. So, Excellent. Yeah, everyone's everyone's got to get their first out of the way eventually. 
So I, I, I also hope, Kyle, that we can bring you back and just have an episode of jokes. Yeah, I was oh, going to yeah. say, I'd like, this, this is the first time we've had you on, but I, I it will not be the last. And it's oh, the yeah. first time we've had a serious episode. No, I guys, guys, I you guys are my friends. You guys put this out, and I, you know, the very least I can do is just listen listen to my buddies uh, have some bands. So, also, also, wherever you go, you should be like, okay, Google Play Jabroni Sports and let it. <laughs> say, oh, she's gonna do it. Okay, no, say, it's, you're gonna make the Google Home start playing right. Jabroni Sports here. I, I mean, I oh, can, God I damn can it. do that. Okay, Google, stop. All right, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, you're in a Target, you're in a Walmart. Okay, Google, stop. We're big fans of ourselves. We got to play our yeah. show while we're recording. Hey, I, just, I just, I hey, just make sure the audio you quality is on point for you. You guys. have to be, you have to be your biggest fan. Like, that's, that's true. They, that's, they do say that. That's that's, that's number one. Got it. If you don't love, if you don't love what your product that you put out, then who the hell else is? Amen. Yeah. See. So, oh, Kyle, again, cannot thank you enough. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show. It's been a blast. Uh, it's been educational. Um, yeah, yeah, like I, I said, we'll, we'll we'll talk to you again very soon. Thank, thank you for you. sharing your experience. I love you. I love you. Um, I love you. We'll uh, we'll we'll talk you. to you very soon. Hey this guys, is Jabroni Sports. Oh, go ahead. Oh, Kyle, oh, if you sorry, want to shout anything out, if yeah, you wanna, yeah, yeah. Let me plug. let me let me get these uh let me get these plugs in real quick. Um, <laughs> uh, shout out to AJ. Shout out to Gonzo. Shout out to G Baby Lafleur. We see you, baby. <laughs> um. Uh, no, in all seriousness, though, uh, my blog, uh, yourfirstblackfriend.org or yourfirstblackfriend.wordpress.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter, krobtweeted. Uh, and you know what? These are good guys, so jump on iTunes or jump on wherever you get your spots, uh, your your podcasts, and uh, throw them a five star in a review. Man, yeah. I can't, I can't ask for anything more. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Thank you, Kyle, for that. That that, that means a lot. And uh, no, it, it was it was real honor having you on, man. I'm glad glad we can make this work. Uh, you know, a lot of audio issues with uh, it being being 110 degrees in my apartment, but uh, we're making good. it work. You got some good You're back good. sweat going on. You guys are good. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you a million times over for having me. And basically, you got you guys know how you guys know how much you mean to me. So don't don't even worry about it. Likewise, it's all love, baby. All love, baby. All right. So, like I said, I'm AJ First now. I am at It's Your Boy Gonzo. For the absentee Johnny Montuano, this has been Jabroni Sports. We appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time, Jabronis. Bye. I love you. Bye.